and welcome to the Morning Coffee Show podcast. Hope you're having a great morning and a good cup of coffee. And today we, uh, the weather is beautiful. It's been a full week. Every day this week has been <laughs> blue skies, very sunny, a bit of frost, and also really cold. So uh, it's a beautiful day to just sit inside with the coffee and, and have a view of <laughs> the horizon and this little village. Uh, and we just have one topic today, which is more about um, Dante, but we're also having, so we finished the purgatory and we kind of, we still, we scheduled all the episodes now, so they're going to be, go, uh, like, be published now through February and March. But we also started a new conversation. We're having some emails now with an historian in Seattle, in Washington, so he is writing like a four-volume history work about uh, the last thousand years. And there are some things there, especially about the Renaissance, that I found very interesting. I saw a conversation that he had, and then I listened to some of his podcasts. And uh, there, is, um, there is something very interesting about the Renaissance as a, as a historical era and a change also in terms of what it leads to afterwards like if it is like a pinnacle of of uh, hum like humanistic joy and and arts and a, a creative explosion of beauty and kind of a um, getting the brightness from a from a, a darker age in the medieval times like there's so many ways to look at this but there's also something <laughs> So what this historian is writing about is that in some ways the, the Renaissance also leads to um, an imbalanced focus in some ways on just the individual and that there is something lost in the overall picture. And this leads to modernism and scientism and like this over-rational structured world that has lost important parts of just like the the joy of life and in some sense just a it's hard to, to be precise with the words but a more living joyful uh, and in some sense also ironically a, a human life in a sense so we are kind of catching up on his work so we send but we're sending some emails and then we just we introduced some topics about like how Dante might be seen in some ways so this is getting a bit technical but we, this is kind of what we work on these days so um dante is very much well it's unclear how much the renaissance is what dante would have wanted so he wrote the comedy between 1308 to 1321 and then the renaissance in many ways starts it, it goes into bloom in the 1400s but in some ways it starts after the, the, the plague, the Black Death in Europe, like in 1350-ish. So, and after that, it kind of really starts rolling. And then the height of it is kind of the 1500 and, and beyond. But then it kind of changes a bit and it grows out of Florence to, to other cities. And then it changes its character a little bit. But it's still very much a warning in Dante's work and in the comedy against too much individualism or too much kind of rational structure and this intellectual superbia which is which Dante connects to pride and he says this is his own biggest challenge in life he constantly struggles with this so when 
both in in the inferno and the purgatory when he comes to the when he he's in the circle of envy or the terrace of envy he states that this is not his main envy is not his biggest issue the pride and the arrogance and the hubris is his biggest biggest challenge so this is what he's trying to describe also when with his the story of Ulysses who's trying to sail out of the Mediterranean metaphorically to capture the whole world with the intellect and this rational structured systematic understanding of all knowledge and Ulysses then keeps sailing and then they see the island of purgatory in the distance but then three storms come and they sink the boat metaphorically that Ulysses will never come there because he is rejecting what lies beyond the rationality. So, so he's a. Like it's it's kind of a force of nature almost that he, the boat is sunk because. Ulysses is setting his own limitations, <laughs> when he dismisses, everything beyond rationality, he will also then never reach anything beyond rationality, and then it's just, in Dante's, work of the comedy, that is kind of one third of the whole work is the rational part in some sense it's also very important in the second book with with the purgatory but but that but the second book requires the humility and this is the opening theme when they meet both they meet Cato as this stern stoic figure but also that they have to take a read around the waist as a symbol of the humility that there are still things to learn so the second book is more like a a blend of having the firm rationality, but also starting to accept that there's nothing beyond. So this is becoming a ramble. So, so we're going to stop it here. We're, we're really enjoying. So this historian, his name is John Strickland, and he's written two of his volumes so far. And um, you're going to keep talking. So there's like lots of new topics opening up now with with the, the dialogue with him. So um, that's really, really fun. And uh, also because maybe like we have two different views on the Renaissance and the role of the Renaissance. And then uh, there's always the question, like how uh, the impression one has of the Renaissance, where does that come from? Who has presented it for us? So trying to see it from Dante's perspective in the 1300s would be very different than many other more recent uh, authors who are kind of presenting the Renaissance as a historical epoch with a different kind of timeline or as a part of a different different development of history. So that's all for this one, but it's really fun. It's opening new things here. And we also got a tip of a new book that we about Dante that we're going to have a look at. So um, with that, hope you're still having a great morning, a good cup of coffee. If you made it so far, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. And uh, we'll see you again in the next episode.